0: When praising the look of a film, whether it be the famous one opening Touch of Evil or the sunny 60s vibe of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, people tend to only refer to the director. Well, that's not wrong, it's not exactly right either. Yes, Orson Welles and Quentin Tarantino decided upon the looks of those respective films, but it was Russell Metty and Robert Richardson who made it happen. The director of photography, or the cinematographer, oversees the lighting departments and camera operators on a film, working to make sure that the director's visual ideas come to life. So if we're discussing the look of Gross Point Blank, it's only right that we don't just talk about the director, George Amitage, but also the movie's cinematographer, Jamie Anderson. Like Armitage and so many others, Anderson got his start working on Roger Corbin Productions, going with some NYU classmates to operate the cameras in 1972's Night Call Nurses. In the four decades that followed, Anderson has served as camera operator, a second unit director, and eventually cinematographer for a number of directors, including Sam Raimi, Terry Zwigoff, and frequent collaborations with Joe Dante. We'll start our discussion of Anderson's work with an overview of his varied career on this episode of So Gross, Such Point, Much Blame. so gross such point much blank a podcast about all of the aspects of the movie gross point blank my name is Joe George and with me as always is Blake Collier Blake we we've talked about this off off recording before it began but do you have a lot to say about Jamie Anderson because Jamie Anderson does not have a lot to say about himself
1: uh no no i i, I don't have a whole lot to say about Jamie Anderson i I think the only thing that speaks for Jamie Anderson is basically his filmography. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and one gets a sense. That's what he wants, right? Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. The, the, the one interview I was able to find, uh, his, his answers are very perfunctory, uh, yeah. very kind of straight to the point, very short. Uh, there's not a whole lot of, uh, kind of reflecting on his life or anything like that. He's, he yeah. tells the facts and that's about it. He's in and out. Yeah. So, <laughs> Well, before we dig into that,
0: are are you a cinematography guy? Like, does does is the visual look of a film like the first thing that pops to you? Or are you an actor guy? No. What 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 draws you?
1: So, I I think for myself, um, I think I'm usually an actor person first. Um, yeah, mainly because that's kind of that's kind of growing up, especially in the '80s, actors were were a thing like that. Yeah, you followed. Uh, you followed Mel Gibson or you followed Bruce Willis or you followed, yeah. uh, you know, Steven Seagal or whoever yeah. it might have been. Like there were you knew what that actor, what type of films that actor was going to do. Occasionally you'd be surprised, but most of the time yeah. you knew what you're getting. And and so if you liked a certain actor, you would go see their movies. So yeah. I, I grew up in that kind of that kind of realm of of kind of appreciating actors only uh in the last probably 10 years i've started to grow more attached to directors Um, yeah but i feel like even in my sense of what quote unquote directors includes i'm actually speaking to a wider idea like i'm more like speaking to the 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 whole film like yeah like we were talking about off mic uh jeff nichols there's there's a there's a feeling that he puts into his films which includes people that he trusts on his filmmaking crew. Yeah. And they all, they're all part of the, the, the system. It's not just Jeff Nichols, but the easiest, the shorthand is to say it's a Jeff Nichols film. Yeah. And, and, and so when I say a a director, I, I'm not usually just meaning the director autonomous from everyone else. It's more the type of film from that person. (laughs) And so, um, so yeah, I, I am seldom super aware of cinematography. Uh, there are mm-hmm. some movies that are just so beautiful that it uh, it's hard to not notice it. Like I, yeah. I can think of the best works of a uh, Malick for, for instance. Absolutely. Um, which has some of some stunning uh, scenery and, and natural mm-hmm. landscapes, but um so there's stuff like that, but on the whole like I'm more interested in in, in narrative acting. Script writing things like that, and so yeah, cinematography unless it just stands out, I'm largely uh I'm largely not super aware of it uh, yeah and, and so um I'm always fascinated by people that are super sensitive to cinematography because I think some of their writing is some of the best out there when it comes to yeah. film criticism yeah. um but I just don't have that I don't have that superpower what about you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I, I came to it late and, and, and was sort of pushed into it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 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 pushed into it. Um, that's, that sounds, uh, was directed into it. The more that I, I, I started film writing, yeah. um, uh, initially because my background is in literature, mm-hmm. um, uh, I'd pay a lot of attention to dialogue, yeah. uh, more so. And I, and my, my early, Writing about film and kind of discussion about film was really focused largely on what the characters were saying yeah, um and It really wasn't until I started writing for think Christian that right. the uh, the editor there Josh Larson was really like We're it's a visual medium. You need to talk about the visuals, you know, and mm-hmm. really pushed me in that direction yeah. and so I've learned Slowly to, to, to pay a little bit more attention to that. Um, a little bit more attention. I, I take it back. I, I pay a lot more attention, yeah. uh, to that. That's, I've become more of a uh, fan of the visuals of a film. Um, yeah. between that and spending a lot of time with silent movies, uh, to kind of wean myself off of <laughs> how much they, they, they talk, you know. Yeah. Um, have gotten a lot more into enjoying the appreciating the storytelling through the composition and all that sort of stuff. I still make the mistake of talking about the visuals only in terms of the director. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, 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 and, and really only noticing the cinematographer when the visuals suck. It's <laughs> <You know?
1: laughs> uh, funny how that happens. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. But you know, my, my wife showed me some movie, Oh gosh, well, a couple of movies. So during we're still recording this during quarantine, and because my brain has died between the classes I'm teaching and just stress, um, I, I, I my wife has taken advantage to control the TV. Um, so I've been watching a lot of her favorite movies, and so we watched the the '90s version of um, of uh, uh, Persuasion. Oh yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Which great story, great acting awful cinematography you know and i'm sitting there watching like who is the buffoon that shot this movie like and, and in that case i'm not getting angry at the director even though it really is the director's fault to to, yeah. to watch those dailies and be like this this visual did not work and have them go back and reshoot it um yeah. but in that case and I, it, perhaps finitely i don't remember who directed that but uh you know in that case i'm pulling up the cinematographer and being like you idiot (laughs) what are you doing here you know so i i get angry with cinematographers when they're when they're bad Mm -hmm. rarely i mean rarely through most of my life uh, recently i've gotten better about um looking them up when they're good and i need to get even better about looking them up kind of kind of in the case of anderson when they're serviceable yeah you know
1: yeah it's they, 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 there's something to be said for uh for a journeyman s- director or cinematographer or writer you know someone who does a serviceable job doesn't it doesn't necessarily uh bring uh something over and above everything else but it yeah. also is is good enough for what is required for the movie um yeah. and so i i there are certain directors out there that i really i really appreciate simply because they're steady and they're consistent in how yeah. they approach their films and they're nothing special. Uh, yeah. Like I, I think Gavin O'Connor might be one of my, my top kind of German directors in the sense mm. that you don't get anything special from any of his films, yeah. but you watch them and, and they work for whatever yeah. reason they work. And so, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, yeah, I, uh, I appreciate serviceable uh, any you know, any aspect of filmmaking. Yeah. Um, because I think most of the time, uh, that is the height of, of what we are to expect. Uh, I think yeah. to have someone like, you know, uh, I know Deacons is big right now. Uh, um, Oh yes. To have someone like Deacons who just has a natural eye, like yeah. he, he has a natural ability. Like that doesn't happen for everybody. And, and, and to expect that from everybody is, is problematic. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, uh, I do appreciate um, the the, the workaday people.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it serves the story, and, yeah. I, and we'll we'll, we'll kind of maybe segue a little bit more directly into Anderson here. But um, he works a lot with Joe Dante. And do you want Roger Deakins or you know Tak Fujimoto or somebody, yeah. you know one of these big, vast, visually striking guys yeah. shooting Joe Dante gags? No. The, the the purpose of the the visuals in a Joe Dante movie is what's where's the gag where's yeah. the where's the joke mm-hmm. and you know we, we're we're recording this alongside our Piranha episode and I think we'll talk more about that in a bit here but he gets it done you know yeah. he, he he shows tells the story just fine the way that it needs to be yeah. in a way that's not distracting I mean and there's there's a reason the guy worked mm-hmm. <laughs> constantly up until I think 2009 was probably his last. Last thing that I saw yeah. a lot of that work was in television, but it kind of speaks to that same that same way. And, um, and 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 we'll talk about this more maybe in a minute. But in that period between between his cinematography gigs, when he's doing a lot of second unit director and that sort of stuff, I didn't find a lot of Anderson talking about himself. But I did find quite a few deep other DPS. um other uh, other directors and so on, commenting upon how reliable he is mm-hmm. and how um uh, uh, how even creative he is that yeah. I think it was a discussion of Tequila Sunrise where they're talking uh. about uh shooting that movie and how he was the second unit director on that. And they're like, you know, we didn't we, we gave him leeway because the stuff that he was giving us was so good, you know, so mm-hmm. um there's something. The the cinematographer is inherently a collaborative yeah. uh, position, and it's clear he's a really good collaborator. He knows yeah. how to work with somebody else and kind of get his ego out of the way, and that's there's a lot of value in that.
1: Well, and even some of the 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 very stark like answers to the interview that I found, like you yeah. get a sense that he's a he's a generally kind man. Like he yeah. he doesn't seem to be full of full of himself. He's very thankful for the people that mentored him and 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 kind of influenced him. Um, yeah. He's just he's he's a typical dude (laughs) like typical
0: dude yeah
1: um and so there's i i appreciate those people uh simply because i i i have a repulsion against people that are full of themselves (laughs) And and so someone who just does their job does it well uh and 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 moves on um just letting their work speak for themselves is is my kind of person so
0: yeah <laughs> And especially, unfortunately, given that we, we spend so much time talking about Hollywood films, yeah. we, we are spending a lot of time with <laughs> people who are and, full yeah. of themselves. Well, and
1: I, and I don't know about Deacons. I haven't actually read a lot any of interviews them. with him. But yeah, there are a lot of people that are full of themselves in Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, there's a lot of people. <laughs> you, just, you just named that Mel Gibson where you're talking about your mm-hmm. actors or even yeah. Bruce Willis, who I really appreciate their work. I never want to meet them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> ever.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Well, that's full of crap. Like, if I think about think about all the all the actors and actresses I appreciate, I can count maybe on one hand the ones I'd actually want to meet in person. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, and every time, like, something on
0: social media comes up where, like, oh, such and such actor said stupid thing, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. They're they, people. They were playing a character yeah. when I thought they were all thoughtful and, and, and serious. That's. Yeah. Now it's shocking to me. And guess what? <laughs> I know.
1: Guess what? They're people just like you and me. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> and most of them are extremely attractive people who get a lot of attention and that's yeah. gonna kind of separate yeah. them
1: from reality
0: a little bit, you yeah. know?
1: that it, it almost has to. Like Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah.
0: so there's there's I, I'm really fascinated about this that, that clash between um uh, you know, the, 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 the directors and the actors and uh, the, the the blue-collar people who actually make a movie happen. But yeah. you've got one that's like all ego and the other ones that are just real down-to-earth, this mm-hmm. is just a job sort of stuff yeah. there. I I would love – understanding and experience is that either those folks are not too loquacious mm-hmm. or people aren't seeking them out. But man, anytime you can get some behind-the-scenes stuff like that yeah. with – you know, we're interviewing a key grip or something like that. Good stuff. It's yeah. always really interesting to me.
1: Yeah, I feel like my, my best experiences with a few interviews I've done have been uh, not directors, not, uh, not actors, but yeah. your writers and your, and your kind of your film crew. Um, yeah. writers, writers can be full of themselves. Oh, but sure, mo- but most of the time, my experience has been the exact opposite. They they're, they tend to be very thoughtful in how they approached the writing of huh. the film, and 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 so uh, even even like so I I interviewed the uh, the writers of Summer of '84, um, mm, yeah, and just super nice guys, just really huh. thoughtful, and 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 uh, were very open to discussing kind of their process and and kind of some of the ideas and influences that kind of you know inflected their, their their writing and so but that's been my experience with with your kind of the people that are less in the limelight um yeah. they're more they're more able to speak to um outside of the branding or outside of the uh the, yeah. <laughs> yeah and so um those are the people I tend to want to talk to because I'm not your typical interviewer I like to get at other stuff that most people don't want to ask Because I find that fascinating and less more of your typical kind of interview questions. Um, Yeah. So...
0: Yeah, that's I I can definitely and I and I get that sense from him even mm-hmm. even though like the one inter- and so we've referred to this but between you and I both our research yeah. we found one interview with Jamie Anderson that was for um one of the 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 cinematographers guilds and it was like what eight questions
1: it's, and yeah it's it's probably it's probably closer to to 15 or so oh, questions really? but they're Three, just super out. short <laughs>
0: They're short. Yeah. And each answer is like two, three sentences yeah. long. I mean, not rude. It's not yeah. like, um, you know, Billy Bob Thornton. Would you ask Tom Petty that question sort of yeah. standoffishness? He's answering the question, but it's just like, there, there's that sense of why are you, why do you care? I mean, yeah, yeah these are, these are the cinematographers I like, yeah. uh, you know, I like Deacons, I like Lubinsky. It's, it's, yeah. you know, and the, Oh, I like painters, you know, and yeah. drops. I like post impressionists it, and yeah. it's, it's, it's very amiable, but it's also very, it's, it, it, he's clearly not in love with the sound of his own voice. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: Well, and then, and, and there's, he, he doesn't feel the need to wax poetic. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> uh,
1: especially, if, and, and part of it is just, he probably understands the medium. Like this is a like guild, uh, interview. Yeah. Like they don't care. Like they, they, they just want the answers. <laughs> that's all yeah. they want. So, <laughs> And that is I mean on the one
0: hand we can say that's a result of just his role there but I mean you look over the guy's full filmography not just the the stuff where he was the DP but everything he's worked on some yeah. absolute classics yeah. I mean both The Gambler and The Gambler of the Adventure continues so
1: <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> classic films I don't know what to say <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but seriously he, he's on airplane you know the funniest movie of all time uh i, I, I don't he was on Heartbeeps, which is a bizarre movie that yeah. i'm sort of obsessed with <laughs> uh, uh what else has he got here ferris bueller's day off running man uh, he was
1: uh, he was even an actor in white line fever truck turner and the student teachers which is part of the whole group of of yeah. uh, films that we love from George, George Armitage and, and Roger yep. Corman. We sure
0: do. Love yeah. them. I'm not lying when I say I think about them often. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, he's, he's he's been around on, on a lot of really great stuff. So, and, and had the chance to work with some fantastic people, you know, we, we, we mentioned Raimi and, 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 uh, and, um, uh, Dante is kind of his most frequent collaborators in there. Um
1: I like the fact so, that in 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 that interview that we we keep speaking of he, he, they ask him what his one like favorite moment of his career has been and he said working with Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau in their uh, in Odd Couple too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was Which, like that's hilarious. <laughs>
0: I don't know that anybody's going to cite Odd Couple Two yeah, as no. their favorite Walter Matthau Jack Lemon performance, but you know, that, yeah. I mean, that gives you the sense—you you almost get the sense that he's kind of got like that—that that, um, acting like you and I would, yes. <laughs> a, where it's, oh, these guys are great. I'm so excited to be with them. You know, mm-hmm. that that sort of fandom sort of feeling there, as opposed to. Um, getting you know that oh that was the one where i perfected x technique or yeah. mastered such and such camera it's i got to work with
1: jack lemon and walter Matthau. that's yes. awesome Those yeah, guys exactly. are legends. oh <laughs> uh, well no 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 doubt if i had gotten to work with walter Matthau, i would have been in heaven he yes yeah. he's one of my favorite all-time favorites <laughs> oh really so where does yeah.
0: odd couple two rank on your uh, it's uh... pretty
1: low it's pretty okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> Odd <laughs> Couple 1 is a lot higher, but <laughs> Oh, <Okay. laughs> uh, yeah um, Yeah, no, so I I think I think what is, is so fascinating about Jamie Anderson is, is kind of the wide breadth of his yeah. Of his, like, his film uh, making Like, it didn't, like, he This is another feature of your typical, like, journeyman uh, Filmmakers mm-hmm. is that they don't really have a style of film that they stick to.
0: Yeah.
1: They, they figure there's a way to do good work in whatever genre or whatever type of film is out there and they'll figure out a way to do it. (laughs) And so, yeah. Yeah. uh, And it's super wide, the diversity of what he's, he's, he's done. (laughs) I mean, we can, we can
0: start seeing a little bit of a lot. So as cinematographer, he, you know, as we said, he, he starts out, um, working as, uh, what is he, a special, second unit cameraman mm-hmm. on Night Call Nurses, which, as we point out, is a is a New World Pictures yep. Corman production. He does a couple of those until he gets his chance to be the DP on uh, Hollywood Boulevard, The Great Dynamite Chase, and Malibu Beach, mm-hmm. which are movies that come out of there. He does Piranha with Joe Dante. He works with Joe Dante in Hollywood Boulevard in 1978. And then he's not, he doesn't, uh, isn't the DP again for a film until Unlawful Entry in
1: 1992?
0: Yeah. Um, and so he he has this 14 year old 14 year break where he's working as camera operator and again second unit director and all of that sort of stuff for multiple movies a year. Yeah. Like the guy is busy in between there, and that's when he's working on Airplane and Tron and mm-hmm. uh, Ferris Bueller and all of that sort of stuff. Um. And that gives us the sense of I don't know, what, what do you take from that actually before I before I give my thesis?
1: Well so so I I know that and this is something we'll probably talk about when we get to Piranha, is that the production of piranha was <laughs> so atrocious yeah. that there were John Sayles who wrote the script and, and, and numerous other people were on the verge of quitting Hollywood after after the making of piranha so part of me wonders if if it's a similar thing with jamie anderson where it was just so traumatic that he's like (laughs) i'm gonna take a step back and do other things to kind of clear my head and and to to release the tension that was built up during this experience um I, i can't say that that's that's the case but but i wonder because i think at least the interviews with Joe Dante I heard speak to the, the horribleness of, of that production. Yeah. Um, and and so I wonder if, if like some of the rest of them, he, he kind of had to just back away and take a break for a little bit. Yeah.
0: And it is interesting looking at what he does from there. Um, he, he, he jumps to immediately after that, he jumps to the gambler that's his TV Mm -hmm. movie and then airplane. I mean, so he kind of moves away from the, uh, from the, the, Corman mill for a while. And I wonder if that's part of it too, is yeah, I need to get out of the, <laughs> the low budget yeah. uh, uh, craziness and, and work with maybe if not the most memorable films, at least, you know, in, in, in some of these uh, at least professional productions yeah, exactly. and, and sort of learn his trade a little bit more because he talks about how he dropped out. You know, he, he studied, started studying architecture, ends up getting a degree in English, goes to NYU, but drops out of NYU to, to yeah. um, and, he, and he called in that interview, working with Corman, his college, you know, yeah. that he, he learned from there. But his cinematography, I mean, his uh, IMDb seems to suggest that he learned quite a bit working with these other films as well before yeah. he came back to uh, uh, shoot a TV show called Snoops. Did you notice this? He, he's the DP on pilots of the pilot episodes of two totally different series
1: called Snoops. Ha. Huh. No, I, have saw, nothing I just to do with one another. I just saw one and that was it. So I didn't yeah. know that there was a that's hilarious. Totally. So the man likes
0: snoops. So oh, but anyway, man. he goes back in 89 to shoot that. And then 92 does unlawful entry, which I have not rewatched for this yet. Um, uh, I've, I've told you that. in passing that uh, I have strong memories of <laughs> watching the nude scenes of uh. uh of unlawful entry with my friend's parents in there. So I remember it being a good looking film, but that may not have anything to do with the actual cinematography. Yeah, exactly. That may have everything to do with the fact that I was a 12 year old boy seeing nudity. <laughs> <laughs> so.
1: Amen to that.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Pre-internet days. So yes. my standards were low. Yes, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> Well and 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 it's it's funny I I think this is the most telling aspect of of his of his filmography is the the jump from Unlawful Entry in 92 to What's yeah. Love Got to Do with It in yeah. 93. <laughs> yeah. I mean talk about completely different types of movies. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, And then really the summit at man of the
0: house, Taylor Thomas vehicle in 95. It's, it's really there where he peaked.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. Like everything (laughs) after that is, is is just icing on the cake. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you're right. That is, I mean
0: that uh, it's hard to get more mainstream Hollywood than a uh, music biopic. Right. I mean, uh, and again, I haven't rewatched that one, but I remember it looking really good. Yeah. Uh, Sharp movie.
1: Yeah. No, I as as I look through, and that's that's the one thing I noticed on the like the bigger kind of more mainstream movies that he's done, like they were well shot films. Like yeah. there there is yeah. there is there is just enough style, but it was not showy, and and he was able to to accomplish what was needed for the movie to to work. And so, exactly. uh, and that's that's really all he can ask.
0: So <laughs> exactly. he tells the story.
1: Yeah, exactly. So. Well um I don't know that there's much more that we need
0: to say in in our overview. We'll we'll get into his style when we get into the the specific movies. We're only going to look at the movies where he was the the, the feature films where he yes. was the DP. So we're going to skip over a lot of the TV shows and and I don't know if we get bored one time maybe uh we'll we'll pick one of his uh second unit or camera operator mm-hmm. movies and you know, I'll make you watch Heartbeeps or something oh, like sounds that. Sounds good but, to me. I'm down. <laughs> oh, you say that. <laughs> <laughs> you wait. Um uh, <laughs> so that ends our overview of Anderson's work. Like I said, we'll get more detailed into his actual films uh here shortly. Join us next time as we continue our minute by minute discussion, which will include a discussion in parts of Anderson's cinematography of Gross Point Blank. And remember, this podcast is us breathing. Thank you for listening to So Gross, Such a Point Much Blank. If you like what you've heard, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a good review. Every little bit of feedback we get helps us do more of whatever it is we are doing. If you don't like what you've heard, then you're probably Jamie Anderson and you're embarrassed that we're talking about you this much, aren't you? Our theme music comes from Yanz. You can find more of Yanz's work at yanzofficial.com. Our intro music this week is Chicago by Scott Holmes Music. Our outro music comes from Jeff Hansen, and our podcast artwork comes from Jeff Weyrick. You can follow the show on Twitter at SoGrossPod, and that's gross with me You can follow me, Joe, on Twitter at JageorgeII, and although Blake is currently taking a sabbatical from Twitter, a well, probably wise move, look out for him again at Lost in Osmosis. Thanks again for listening to So Gross, Such Point, Much Blank.
1: (laughs) Bing, 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 bang. Popcorn. Yeah, whatever.